In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who came in order that we could be at peace with ourselves. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Growing up as a white kid in an all-Asian school meant that every Christmas when it came around uh, and, and, uh, and every time that we had the sort of Christmas pageant thing, I was always the same character. <laughs> Unfortunately, because sort of culturally... We have decided that angels are Caucasian. Every year, I was the angel. Every stinking year, I was the angel. It was like waiting for the, 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 the cast of characters and, and who is going to be what. And every year it was like, hey, maybe this year I'll get to be a shepherd. Or, uh, maybe this year I'll get to be Joseph. Or maybe this year I'll get to be a wise man. But no, it was always angel. Because sort of, you know, culturally speaking, the only other white guy in that scene is baby Jesus, who wasn't really a white guy, but we'll talk about that later. And he was a little bit too young for me to play. So, so I was always sort of, you know, typecast as this angel. And so that was like my, my pretty, like it was my role every Christmas. And every Christmas I, I had to go through this role of, you know, appearing to Mary and then appearing to the shepherds. And we don't know that that was the same angel, but it certainly was because they only had, you know, one of me in order to make both of those announcements. And so it, it, it was, it was kind of like, okay, I, I know this role. I know how to do this. And in some ways, I, I kind of wonder sometimes maybe we get into a little bit of that in Christmas ourselves, where maybe we have a little bit of a Christmas character that, that we feel like we have to put on, or maybe that we do put on. We, we put it on on purpose, perhaps. Um, some kind of character that we put on when we go to things like Christmas parties or we go and visit family, we, we go and, and do all of these things. A lot of times, there, there's a little bit uh, of this character that we put on. And, and you know, it, that character may come, out, come about for all sorts of different reasons. It may be that, you know, our parents expect something from us and, and expect us to be some particular person. And so we know that if we're going to be around our parents and we might be around our parents in Christmas that, okay, well, I have to sort of put on this character. I have to play this role. I have to be that person. Or, or maybe it's, it's a little bit different. Maybe it's not that somebody else has this expectation of you, but, but rather that you sort of want to make yourself appear as this person. And, and so uh, the, this shows up, actually, uh, for me, I, I see this every time I go to a pastor's conference. Um, it, it's sort of silly. Every time you go to a pastor's conference, other pastors talk to one another, and they say, hey, how are things at your church? And every pastor says, things are great. <laughs> and, and you go, well, if everybody's church is great, we must be doing fantastic as a church. But, but in a lot of ways, you know, sometimes we, we need to make that, that appearance. 
We need to play that role. We need to play that character. And then sometimes that character isn't necessarily somebody that is uh, somebody that, that people want to look up to, but that character is actually somebody that people pity. And so it's the sort of reverse, but it's still a character. It's still kind of like, oh, you know, how, how are things? Things are terrible. Um, please let me cordon you off for a little while and tell you how, how terrible things are. And, and so there's always this sort of character that we could play. And sometimes we, that character gets so difficult because sometimes we, we kind of wonder where the character ends and where the real us begins. And, and there's all of the, those questions about, okay, who, who am I really and when am I playing a, a character and, and how does this all kind of work out? And in the readings today, we have a lot of characters. We have a lot of, of different sort of you know, character stuff that's happening. We, we have initially from that, that Old Testament reading, that, that Isaiah reading that, that comes up a lot of times that really we're just like, his name is Emmanuel, he's born to a virgin, I don't care about the rest of the story. But the rest of the story is kind of important. So uh, in, in the rest of the story, you have Ahaz. Now, uh, a little bit about Ahaz's character. Ahaz's character is you know, sort of a slimy guy. Ahaz is this guy who is sort of wheeling and dealing behind the scenes all the time. Um, you know, he would do really great in Washington right now, probably. <laughs> he, he's always got a plan for something. He, he's got all of these backroom deals. He's, he's working all of this other stuff out. And he, he's trying to, to figure out a way that he can stay king of a semi-powerful nation in, in his area and uh, he, he's trying to figure that out, but he's trying to figure it out without God. And God calls his bluff via Isaiah and, and sends Isaiah to call his bluff and say, uh, and say to him, ask me for something. Now, the reason that God is, is telling Ahaz, ask me for something, is that if Ahaz asks for a sign, for a big sign, that, that's why uh, Isaiah says it, it can be as high as heaven or deep as Sheol. And God's basically saying, ask for a sign that will make it okay to break off all of your backroom deals. Because if people see this sign, people will be like, okay, your God is real. We're not going to mess with your God. We get why you're going with him and not with us. But Ahaz, Ahaz kind of plays this role. He plays this role of this really pious guy. He says, well, uh, I'm not going to test God. And, and he tries to play this role where he's like, oh, well, I'm super pious. I'm not going to test God. But in reality, what he's doing is entirely testing God. Because what he's doing is he's going against God's wishes. And you can almost hear God screaming through Isaiah going, it's not testing me if I ask you to ask me for something. And yet, Ahaz kind of plays this role. And he, he goes, okay, uh, I'm, I'm this pious guy. That, that's Ahaz's role. And maybe that some of us, that, that's, that's our role this Christmas, is to be sort of the pious one. The, the one who makes sure that you know, we're keeping Christ in Christmas. And we're, we're denying any, any form of Rudolph into our house. <laughs> maybe. But then you have this other character that comes up, and this other character, he's actually pious. This other character is the character of Joseph. 
So, so Joseph, uh, we know from the text, Joseph is a, a good and just man. He's a pious man. He, he's somebody who cares about God's law. And all of a sudden, he's stuck in this really difficult situation. Because here's the situation. Joseph has just gotten betrothed, which is kind of a little bit more than engaged and a little bit less than married. It, it, we don't really have a category for it. But he, he's betrothed, and he finds out that his betrothed is pregnant. Uh-oh. And Joseph's trying to figure out what to do here. And you can kind of get a sense of Joseph's conundrum. You can kind of get a sense, if you think about it for just a little bit, the emotions that must be coming up for Joseph. He has these emotions of shame. He has these emotions of probably betrayal. He has these emotions of, uh, of confusion. He has these emotions of, uh, you know, of caring because he obviously still loves Mary. He, he doesn't want to see her harmed, but, but he's stuck in, in this situation. And, and so what, what Joseph comes up with is actually sort of this sense of, of playing a role. And it, it's a, possibly a, a very strange role for Joseph to be playing because we know that Joseph is a very pious man. And yet his solution is, well, I'll divorce her quietly. Now, why would Joseph divorce her quietly? How would he be able to figure that out? How would he be able to pull that off? Because you see what the law requires here is if Mary has been caught in adultery, that she is brought before the priests and that she is either exiled, that's her best option, or that she's taken out and stoned. That's what the law requires. So Joseph actually has to come up with kind of a role here. He has to come up with some kind of explanation that would not end in disaster for Mary. And so it's possible that what Joseph is choosing here is that Joseph is choosing to take the blame for this child upon himself. And that he's choosing to look like a very despicable person. That what Joseph is sort of intimating by his actions is possibly that what he did was he got this girl pregnant. Oops. And I don't want to have that around in my life. I don't want that kid. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm... I'm going to be kind of an ugly man for the time, but a man that's completely allowed by Jewish law at the time. I'm just going to divorce her. Because she doesn't get to say anything in that divorce. And as long as he can grease the wheels, he can divorce her and jettison her from his life. And he might be seen by his neighbors and by his friends and especially by his other pious folks as being a nasty man. But Joseph might be coming up with this idea going, I'm okay looking like a nasty man if it means that she and the baby live. 
Now, we don't have any direct evidence that that's exactly what he's doing, but that's, that's a part, it's a possibility of what he might be doing. Is that he's actually choosing to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a sinner in the eyes of other people so that these two can live. And if that's the case, then God was working in Joseph in a way that sort of foreshadowed who Jesus was going to be. Jesus was going to do that. Jesus was going to become sin. The only perfect person, the only person who ever kept the law completely became sin, became the person who was crucified upon the cross to be sin for us so that we could live. But of course, that's not how it happens for Joseph. That an angel comes to Joseph and says... The child that is in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. Which all of a sudden, I think, if you're thinking about where Joseph is at emotionally right now, it's surprising he doesn't just shut down. But he believes the angel. And he says, okay, I guess that means that I'm Stepfather to the Holy Spirit's son. Okay. (laughs) Which that response should be the response of our discipleship. Because in a lot of ways, this Christmas and every Sunday and every day that you are called since you've been baptized is kind of a moment like that. Now, you haven't been called to be the stepfather to the Son of God, but you have been called to become the disciple of the Son of God. And that's a lot. That is a lot. It's almost as much as being stepfather to Jesus. And it's this moment where we go, huh? okay, I'm, I'm call, called to be your, your disciple. Okay. And we start to go, how do I even begin to do that? How do I even begin to say that I am a disciple of this Jesus Christ? How do I begin to say that I'm patterning my life after his life? And a lot of us, we do. We emotionally shut down at this point. We, we just go, I can't imagine that. I just hope that he forgives me. But if you think about Joseph... For just a moment. And if you go, maybe I can have a little bit of the courage that Joseph had. Maybe I can think about what it means for me to be a disciple. Maybe I can think about what the challenge there is. And I can go, okay. 
Because Joseph was sustained through all of these decisions. It, it wasn't like he was called into something that he couldn't handle because God was there giving him what he needed in order to handle it. In some ways, we're, we're all called to play a Christmas character this Christmas. Our Christmas character is not Angel. Finally. Our Christmas character isn't Santa. Christmas character isn't a reindeer. Our Christmas character isn't a talking Christmas tree. Our Christmas character isn't one of the wise men. Our Christmas character... Your Christmas character... is that you're given the role of disciple. And that's an awesome role. And it's a role that you are given anew every day when you wake up in the morning. A role that you're given anew every day when you remember your baptism. A role you're given anew every time that you hear the words, your sins are forgiven. Because the reason that they are forgiven is so that you can once again be his disciple. And the great thing is the disciples get to go to the resurrection. Disciples get to go to heaven. Disciples get all of the good stuff. And so may you this week May you play the character of disciple this Christmas. And maybe into Epiphany. And maybe even into Lent. And maybe even into Easter. And maybe even into Big Green. And maybe for the rest of your life. Until you're with him in the resurrection. Amen.